into business. I got my wild cherry diet Pepsi, and uh, I got my blackjack gum here, and I got that feeling. Mm. Yeah, that familiar feeling that something rank is going down out there. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you, I make you laugh, I'm here to fucking amuse you. How the fuck am I funny? What the fuck is so funny about me? Tell me. Tell me what's funny. What is going on? That's right. It is, well, it's a Sunday night and I'm doing this show. That's right. It is me. It is David Richardson. I am on the Hollywood Hangout. You guys are obviously hanging out with me and I greatly appreciate it. Um, Got to apologize. Not doing a show all month. One, it's been busy. Two, I, I'm honestly just not a horror fan. <laughs> I'm really not. And I've admitted that on the show. Um, I even, last year I threw together the my top 10 favorite horror movies so you know i mean i i've I've done that there's a few i like um but i did have one for tonight being it halloween eve uh happy halloween out there everybody hope everybody's all safe and safe and eats tons of candy tomorrow 
so definitely be doing that. But um, I do have one movie that um, originally was noted as a horror movie. Might not have been scored that way, might not have been filmed that way, but uh, definitely is a horror movie. Um, I'm going to go ahead tonight and talk Tim Burton's Beetlejuice. Um, might as well do this before the sequel comes out. And, um, believe it or not, yeah, like I said, this movie was actually originally a full-on horror film. Uh, the screenplay was originally written as a straight horror film for this movie. Um, Tim Burton wasn't actually the first choice for this. It was actually Wes Craven was the first choice for this movie and it really didn't involve any comedy until Tim Burton jumped on uh, on board with the movie then Michael Keaton jumped on board um, but when Wes Craven was the original guy that was going to direct and was the first choice of the studio to direct this movie it was much darker um, Beetlejuice wasn't supposed to marry Lydia. He was going to sexually abuse her um, instead of marrying her. But obviously this film came out a little different. Now, I know you guys might have expected me to uh, do this on YouTube. I thought about it. Um, I really just... Um, there's a lot of music in the background of a lot of clips that are played. I didn't want the same thing that happened with Hackers to happen again. So... I didn't. I, I decided against going YouTube. I'm going to do this audio tonight. Obviously, that's what you're listening on. Um, but uh, this is. I love this little movie. This movie came out in 1988. Um, but what a great movie! All still to this day is a great movie, a fun movie. Some people's favorite Halloween movie. I mean, Tim Burton obviously has a style. Um, that's his movies do have a little Halloweenish kind of feel, uh, the oversaturated outdoor colors, the dark indoor colors. A lot of his movies have a Gothic tone to them, a darker Gothic tone to them. This movie is no different, uh, no different at all. This has the same thing. Um, even in the beginning scene when they're driving, um, that, that just w as soon as they leave the house, uh, and I'm I, I'll obviously, Alec Baldwin and Gina Davis was who I'm talking about, which I'm going to get into the actors in just a minute. Um, but, uh, you know, you can see with the first time they leave the house that the, 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 the colors are so bright, the grass, no grass is that green, no, no, no house is that red, no barn is that, yellow, you know, it's very bright. And it's just the way that um, Tim Burton always kind of shoots movies. It's always kind of just been his, uh, his style, if you will. Um, you can even look at uh, Pee-wee's Big Adventure. You can look at Batman. There's actually a little bit of foreshadowing to Batman um, in this movie, which obviously came the next year. Um, actually, Tim Burton was in the middle of working on Batman when this movie came about for him. <laughs> so <laughs> it was kind of weird like that. But um, tell you what, let's go ahead and, uh, like I said, we're going to be talking Beetlejuice. Don't really need to... Uh, Movie was from 1988. I don't feel that I need to go into as I did with um, Lost Boys. I'm going to do it sort of the same way. I'm going to run through the actors. I'm going to give you some facts. I have a total of nine short clips to play, um, and I'm going to go through a few little things. That's about it. Not really. I mean, if you haven't seen Beetlejuice by now since 1988, you either don't want to, you don't care, you don't need to, 
Hopefully listening to this will make you possibly want to uh, listen or watch Beetlejuice if you haven't seen it. But um, yeah, uh, let's just start with Tim Burton, the director. Um, like I said, Pee-wee's Big Adventure was 1985, and that movie was a huge success for Tim Burton. Suddenly, Tim Burton was this hot director being sent all type of scripts, not just scripts, but top movie scripts. None of them really his taste until he saw the script for Batman. And like I said, he was working on Batman, the original. Yeah, He loved the screenplay, but he was working on that movie as... Um, as this movie Beetlejuice came along, he liked the the, the Beetlejuice uh, character. He liked everything about it. Um, now the studio was originally going to call this movie House Ghosts. Tim Burton jokingly said, "How about Scared Sheetless?" And he was scared to death and horrified when they actually thought of going with it. He was like, "No, no, 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 no! I was kidding." Um, so, <laughs> but um. It, obviously, they went with Beetlejuice, which now I know if you're watching this movie, you do see his name is spelled Beetlegeuse, G-E-U-S-E, Beetlegeuse. That's what it is. Now, obviously, there was a few reasons they went with the name Beetlejuice. Um, they spelled it this way. Number one, marketing. I think everyone can guess that. That's a pretty fucking obvious answer. Marketing. And it was just funnier to spell it that way. But. Yeah, obviously the character's name when we do see his his advertisement, first of all, and uh, a few other things that um, tip off his name. When we see his casket, when they dig him up, it is spelled that way. Now, when I name you some of the people that were considered for this role of Beetlejuice, you're not going to believe this, okay? Uh, let me just start with John Cleese. John Cleese, I don't know if anybody knows, um, one of the Monty Python crew. Uh, I, I believe, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. One of the Monty Python crew. Uh, De Niro, Robert De Niro. What? I'm sorry, my daughter walked in. It's okay. Robert De Niro was one. Could you imagine Beetlejuice played by Robert De Niro? I, no, no, no. Bill Murray. Bill Murray, I think, could have pulled this character off uh, probably out of everyone, I think this would have been probably a great character for Bill Murray. Nicholson, mm, obviously we got Jack Nicholson as the Joker in Batman, so Tim Burton obviously wanted to work with him um, and did, did end up working with him, and he was a great Joker. I actually think he was the best Joker of the Jokers. I think he was the best out of all of them, so there was that. Um, Tim Curry, I love Tim Curry. I really do. Tim Curry, Rock and, uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show, Oscar with Stallone, um, so many other movies. Has played a creepy bad guy before, but don't know if Tim Curry would have been the right person to play that. Jim Carrey mm, would have been a little more Grinchish. I don't know if that would have worked out either. Christopher Lloyd. I think he could have pulled this off, but I still think Keaton was the best choice for this role. Um... Robin Williams probably would have been a little more comedic of a character. And Dustin Hoffman was another one. Um, and I'm not done yet. This is the one that baffles me. And my God, we could have had a completely different movie if this happened. The producer, John Peters, actually was trying to get Sam Kinison 
to play the role of Beetlejuice. Wow, that movie would have been amazing with Sam Kinison. His agent never told him about it. Never even told him that he had the choice to play it or anything. Um, one more that was uh, chosen to play this, which probably could have pulled this off a, a pretty well, um, was Dudley Moore. Dudley Moore, the star of Arthur. Uh, he was in the oh, that movie with uh, with Kirk Cameron where they switched bodies. I forget the name of it. Switch or some shit like that. But he was another one that, uh, that was uh, trying to... Uh, or was thought about for the cast. I'm sorry, I got my daughter screaming in the background and just crazy back there. So, all right. Um, all right. So, anyway, sorry about that. Had to uh, sort of stop and keep going there. Um, but anyway, yeah, those were a lot of the people that were chosen or almost chosen to play the role of Beetlejuice or Beetlegeist, however you want to actually say it at that time. Um, but uh, the character actually is named for a bright red star that's in the constellation of Orion called Beetlegeist or Beetlejuice, however you want, again, however you want to say that. Um, so, you know, it's, it. like I said, this movie is so such a fun little movie. I've always liked um, Tim Burton's movies. I think they are just kind of fun movies. Now, we all know one of the songs in this movie, and it even had a little hint of it in the beginning there, the song Deo, Harry Belafonte. Um, he actually was a, Tim Burton was actually not going to use that song because he didn't think it was a funny scene, but ended up being one of the greatest scenes that, um, not really one of the most memorable scenes in the whole movie. Um, it's really when you mention it, it's pretty much what people think of when they see that movie. So now you might watch this movie and go, man, they really had bad visual effects. Now, number one, you could say, look, it was 1988. What, I mean, what really did you expect? at that time but it wasn't just that it was also the fact that he only had a million dollars to work with so as tim burton's style anyway he went ahead and just you know made it as tacky and b-movie as possible which actually worked out great in my opinion for the you know the way this film was shot um like the snake scene a lot of that looks horrible the uh the really bad prosthetics when they pull their faces out in the one scene. Uh, a lot of that is just done, number one, because they had a very small budget. But number two, it's kind of what he does. He doesn't really go for those really high CGI graphics in his movies. Um, oh, before I'm done, Schwarzenegger was also considered for Beetlejuice. However, um, basically his reputation at the time, his um, his agents didn't want him to do it. They didn't think anybody would take it seriously, but Burton did approach Schwarzenegger and did end up working with him um, on the uh, on one of the Batmans anyway. So got that all worked out anyway. But um, and Schwarzenegger was busy doing the Running Man. I think we might actually be happy he was doing. But um, let's get into this just uh, just a little bit, and um, we can get into some of the uh, some little little tidbits about the movie. Let's get into the actors first, and so then we can go into a few more things. Um, but let's go ahead, like I said, and we'll get into some of the actors real fast. Um, all right, so let's start off here with uh, Michael Keaton. All right, so let's start off with, like I said, Michael Keaton. Um, man, this guy, honestly, one of my fucking favorites, really is. I like Michael Keaton. I liked him ever since I've seen him in this movie, also Batman, but just a great actor. And just seems like a really down-to-earth guy, almost uh, 
just just really cool kind of kind of Keanu Reeves-ish of, the, of his time. But this is his favorite film um, that he did of his own films. This is one of his favorite. Now, he also ad-libbed about 90% of the lines in this movie, which really makes you wonder which was the 10% written because some of the lines in this movie from him were fucking gold. So you really wonder if he was ad-libbing most of the lines, my God, what were the other 10%? I, I don't even know. But um, now, according to Michael Keaton, when he was um, described this character by Tim Burton, basically, he, yeah, Tim Burton said this character, uh, described the character as having lived in every time period, but no time period. So Keaton used this kind of as a jumping off point to create the character with the, the, the shock hairdo. He wanted mold on his face, the big teeth. And he said when he first showed up uh, as Beetlejuice, the crew was chanting juice, juice, juice and got Keaton excited for this role. So <laughs> like a fucking wrestling show. God damn it. <laughs> I love it. <coughs> now, the movie is titled and named Beetlejuice. Honestly, Michael Keaton playing the character uh, is really only in the movie for 14 and a half minutes. That's not including the commercial which I will get to. That's not including the little commercial he does when uh, right after Alec Baldwin says his name wrong. A lot of people pick that up. Alec Baldwin technically says his name three times, but because it was not said correctly, it didn't work. He pronounced it Beetle, Geis, Beetle, Goo. He pronounced it anything but the correct way, which made it so that was it right there. But really... Despite the commercial, Beetlejuice doesn't actually fully appear until about 50, 47 minutes into the movie is the first time you really see him when he flies up out of the, uh, when he flies up out of the, uh, his little coffin there. So that's really the most, he's not in this movie as much as you would think. Um, but yeah, that's it. Only 14 and a half minutes, but, um, this definitely created something that was, now, a sequel for this movie has always been talked about. You know what? Let's skip that. Let's keep going into the, to um, Michael Keaton, and then we'll get into the uh, all that stuff right there. So I'm going to actually skip that right there for now. We'll get back to it, I promise. Now, I talked about the snake scene that had been in the movie, how it looked a little weird, a little a little boom, B movie, a little boo movie, B movie, and it was supposed to. Now, the animatronic snake was actually put in there pre- it was already recorded before Keaton even showed up. So basically um, what they did before he was cast in the movie, they had already shot that scene. So they actually had to go back and remake the face of it to look more like Beetlejuice or some random afterlife type monster. And it looked like a almost like a Medusa Beetlejuice type thing. But, um, you know, it he like I said, he was down for this movie. Now, every cast m- m- member of this movie said no at least one time. Um, Tim Burton said it took a lot to convince the cast members to sign. Um, They thought the script was weird. Gina Davis was the only cast member who committed to the project at first. Michael Keaton, Winona Ryder, Catherine O'Hara, and Sylvia Sidney all said no at least one time. One of the producers, uh, David Geffen, uh, basically convinced Keaton's manager to talk him into doing the movie. Um, once Keaton said yes, everyone kind of flowed into place after they heard he was doing them. Um, but, uh, it definitely, 
you know, wasn't something they wanted to do. Now, Michael Keaton said he based the performance of Beetlejuice off of Chop Top from Chainsaw Massacre 2. Um, Keaton would act, and that was played by uh, Bill Mosley. Now, he actually, Keaton and Bill Mosley would go on to star in Live from Baghdad, the 2002 HBO movie. So, got to work with him a little more, but... Michael Keaton came up with a lot of the look himself for this role, for this character. Uh, he wanted the hair to look like he had stuck his finger in an in, in electric socket and requested the all parts of his wardrobes were just different time periods. Again, you, you, you had Tim Burton kind of say it was a character that's been through all time periods, but no time periods. So he just wanted all of them sitting in there a little bit. But if you do notice, he does in one scene have, uh, he does resemble the Joker a little bit. He's got the green hair, the white skin, the, you know, purple on in some scenes. And obviously, you know, 1989, the year after that, we would get uh, Michael Keaton and Jack Nicholson playing the jerk. So um, now Gina Davis is also in this movie, Alec Baldwin and Glenn Shaddix, Otho, who we talked about Otho or Glenn in um, Demolition Man. When me and Anthony reviewed that. Now, Michael Keaton and Gina Davis appeared together in Speechless, 1994. Keaton and Alec Baldwin appeared on 30 Rock in 2006. And Michael Keaton and Glenn Shaddix both appeared in Multiplicity in 1996. So, um, a couple of little tie-ins to this movie. Now, in one scene when they're interviewing Beetlejuice, when they, Alec Baldwin and Gina Davis... And he says, uh, you know, I've seen The Exorcist 167 times, and it keeps getting funnier every single time I see it. Gina Davis actually did do the television adaption for the show The Exorcist in 2016, so a little bit of a tie-in there. There's many more tie-ins with this movie as we will uh, as we will go through as we go through the movie. Um, but um, let's go ahead and talk a little bit about Gina Davis. Actually, don't have too much to go through. Now, Gina Davis was in um, A League of Their Own. Uh, Gina Davis was in, let's see, A Long Kiss Goodnight, The Fly, Thelma and Louise, so on and so forth. She was just in Glow uh, in 2019. She was in Grey's Anatomy 2014, 2008. She had four, four, 13 episodes of that show. And again, The Exorcist, she was in 10 episodes of that. She played Angela Rance. So, but mostly known for Thelma and Louise, Beetlejuice, A League of Their Own, and The Fly. Um, speaking of The Fly, there's a scene in this movie, if you guys remember, where Beetlejuice is sitting there, and he's, we don't see him yet, we hear him, and he catches a fly with a candy bar, a zagnut, and he drags him down, and you hear the fly go, oh, oh. Well, Gina Davis did appear in that movie. This was a little shout, a little shout out um, to Gina Davis at the time. Um, and her soon-to-be husband, Jeff Goldblum, uh, those two, I believe, are still married, actually, um, who actually, that was his line when he was turning into the fly. I got to admit, I've never seen that whole movie before. Um, I've been told it's good. Never seen it, but... Uh, Another person, and what's funny about the whole Exorcist tie-in is Linda Blair, who was actually in the Exorcist movie, was actually considered to play the role of Barbara Maitland, played by Gina Davis. Now, there were a few actresses also trying to, uh, vying for this role. Um, Kirstieality. Kirstieality? What's Kirstieality? Can anyone fucking tell me what that is? Jesus, if I didn't have a name for the show, I would call it Kirstieality. Let me light this thing here. 
So Cheers wouldn't let her get out of her contract and do the role. So basically that was a no-go. Sigourney Weaver, Lynn, uh, Linda Blair already said, Goldie Hawn, Laura Dem, and Linda Hamilton. Linda Hamilton, the movie would have been a, she would have been killing fucking Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice would have been a dead motherfucker. Uh, so that was that. But I thought Gina Davis was a great choice for this movie. Again, being a Tim Burton movie, you see how he has, I mean, he obviously loves Winona Ryder. She was in Edward Scissorhands too. So he just has almost like a, I would almost, I, I guess this would be sort of a comparison, kind of John Hughes likes using the same actors, like actress, actresses, and kind of has a signature about him that he follows and definitely does. But I thought she was a great choice just with this Tim Burton movie. She was kind of, she just has that kind of almost Tim Burton look that you would see. And I really thought she fit this character of the kind of goody two shoes um, person, you know, with, you know, they have like this perfect little country house, this perfect little quiet little marriage. And I just thought she fit the role very perfect. So let's uh, keep going a little bit here. Um, you know what? I just mentioned Winona Ryder. Why don't we get to Winona Ryder? Not a, Winona Ryder was one of the actresses for this role. Really, there was only two actresses that were in line for this role. Many auditioned, and I will get to them in just a minute, but only two were really, really, really considered for the role, and it was Winona Ryder and Alyssa Milano. Uh, Alyssa Milano was also considered for the role now. Um, so we'll go ahead and keep going there. Now, I, again, there were a lot of tryouts for this role. Lori Laughlin, Juliette Lewis, who, mm, that one I could see. Juliette Lewis um, had just, let me see, at this time she probably would have done the, she would have been in the Christmas vacation. This probably would have been right around that time. So she would have been pretty pretty good right there. Lori Laughlin, Diane Lane, Sarah Jessica Parker, Brooke Shields, Justine Bateman, Molly Ringwald, and Jennifer Connolly all turned down the role. <coughs> so when it came down to it, Winona Ryder obviously won out for the for the uh, for the uh, the role, which again played a perfect role. And funny, we were actually talking about her on Wednesday, but I mean, she has been in uh, Heather's, Mermaids, Mister Deeds. Uh, I mean, so many movies. Again, I mentioned um, Edward Scissorhands, um, but she's been in so many movies and. Just awesome. Beetlejuice was actually only her third movie. Her first movie was Lucas, which is kind of where they noticed her for this part. She was then in, uh, we talked about Great Balls of Fire. Rest in peace, Jerry Lee Lewis. I saw Friday, I believe, Thursday or Friday, he passed away. Um, but she's done many movies and is still around and doing movies. Actually, it looks like she's in something called Haunted Mansion coming out uh, in post-production right now. And um, so that's coming out in 2023. So that's Winona Ryder. So, but she was a, a, another one, like I said, was just, I felt she was great in that role in that movie. Um, another person in this movie who I guess we can talk about real quick. I do not want to spend a lot of time on this person. Jeffrey Jones was the principal. Oh, uh, he played Charles Dietz. This was the principal from um, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, folks. Now, listen, I'm not going to get into this. Uh, he's had acting roles since his mishap in, not a fucking mishap, he pled guilty, since 2002, where he actually was brought up on charges of containing or possessing child pornography and sexually assaulting a 17-year-old, which he pled guilty for. But 
you know, I, I don't want to focus on that. I probably should have mentioned, but he was in Howard the Duck. He was in Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Ed Wood, Amadeus. Um, and he was recently, as far as 2019, just in Deadwood the movie. Uh, he was in the TV series of Deadwood. He was in Stuart Little in 2003. This guy has still gotten work since then. So who am I to say any? But um, he's in this movie. I don't really have much on any backstage stuff on him. But um, let's go ahead real quick, though, and get... Uh, let's talk about uh, Glenn. Once again, Beetlejuice, Nightmare Before Christmas, Heathers, Planet of the Apes he was in. Um, and again, we I mean, he was a voice in Teen Titans. We did lose him in 2010. Um, he was actually very young. I believe he was only like 58 years old. Uh, yeah, 58 years old. Um, but he was also in Demolition Man, which we have spoke about him a few times. Um, but it, just a very, very good act. Did not realize that was him in the Planet of the Apes movie, but now that I hear the voice and I know the character he played. Um, but uh, he was great in this movie, too. He played Otho in this movie, uh, kind of the interior decorator, New York suburbanite who just kind of play, almost a con man, if you will, in this movie. But um, got him. And uh, let's keep going a little bit. Let's get into, let's talk, uh, actually, I do have a few things on Glenn. Now, when he died uh, in his funeral, they actually ended up playing Deo at his funeral. Um, they said he would have loved it, all the people there. So they did play that song. Um and again, not only was, I mentioned Heathers, both of them, Winona Ryder and Glenn, were both in that movie. Um, Otho was almost played by John Candy, maybe John Goodman, or possibly Bob Hoskins was in that role also. Um, but um, obviously that role did go to Glenn. And I, again, great pick for that role. So uh, good stuff right there. So... Let's go ahead, though, a little bit. We'll keep moving on a little bit from there. Let's get into, I guess let's get into Catherine O'Hara and Alec Baldwin a little bit. Um, Catherine O'Hara, another one who's been in so many. Uh, best in show, Frankenweenie. Um, but just, I mean, I think she was even in A Modern Family. But, I mean, acting all the way back to SCTV days. Um, you know, way back in the day, she was just, I mean, you know, uh, S, like I said, SCTV, she was on 28 of that. Um, and we keep going up. She was in Dick's, Dick Tracy, Home Alone. She was the mother in Home Alone, Home Alone 2. We keep going and going and going. Um, again, kind of why maybe I would, maybe that's why I brought up the John Hughes, um, kind of angle there. Does almost seem a little, a little familiar there, but <clears throat> so. There's a little bit, a little bit. Now, let me get into a little bit here. Don't have too much now. She did meet her future husband on this movie. Her, uh, the, he was the production designer, Bo Welsh, um, on this film. And basically, according to Welsh, she said Tim Burton said he should ask her out, but he didn't think he was allowed to talk to the actors. So he said, well, Tim told me I did, so I, I could. So I took her on a date, and here we are today married. So... There you go. Um, and one of the person that was about to get into this uh, role was Angelica Houston. Definitely could have pulled that role off. 100% could have pulled that role off. Um, I think that actually would have been great. Now, she plays Delia Dietz in this movie. Um, the Again, the, uh, the, the New York suburbanite couple. 
um, that they are. Now, Delia in this movie has a knack for repurposing clothes. If you watch this movie, she has a red sweater that Charles had worn in a previous scene. Um, she was wearing them as pants. She wears the sweater upside down. She has her legs in the armholes and up around the waist with the suspenders. Now, also, she's seen wearing a black hair band that was also resembled feathers. It was a pair of gloves that she had intertwined together. So kind of some weird little things. But again, little things Tim Burton loves to do. All right, there we go. Now, let's just talk Alec Baldwin. Now, Alec Baldwin, I mean, let's not even get into what is going on right now. Alec Baldwin, the whole thing on the new new movie, Rust, we know about it. No reason to bring it up. I, I really don't want to get into it. I'm not here to talk about that. I'm not here to talk about politics. I'm not here to talk about any of that shit. Um, Alec Baldwin, most known for... I love this part in Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. He was in The Departed. He was in The Cooler. This guy is in so many things, still has movies um, in completed post-production filming. But, I mean, 152 credits under this guy's belt. You can't deny his acting skills. The guy is fucking awesome, in my opinion. I think he's a, a great actor. I don't care. Let's forget about his political stuff. It's got nothing to do with nothing and nothing to do with this. But um, I at least had a mention all that stuff so but uh here we go now in most of this movie adam in alec baldwin adam is wearing a checkered white and black shirt it's the exact same shirt worn by tom Selleck in three men and a baby in 1987 um bill pullman of course was considered for this role uh bill pullman was in every movie from probably 89 90 on he was in every movie so and uh, Alec Baldwin starred with Jeffrey Jones also in um, The Hunt for Red October. So they were both in that movie. Now, there's one point in this movie in the beginning where they exchange presents. And when Adam hands Barbara her present, if you look at the paper, you can only see it for a couple seconds. It has beetles all over it. A little foreshadowing there, folks. A little foreshadowing. So, all right. Now, here's what I'm going to go ahead and do. Let me see if there's anything here that... Um, I missed before. I'm probably going to go ahead and just get right into the clips. Like I said, I've got nine short clips that kind of go through the movie a little bit. Um, so let me get rid of some stuff here that we don't need now. In, the, um, in, in a minute, when I play the first clip, um, it gets a little bit into the movie now. We know that this is a very happy couple. They own a hardware store. They go down. They, they go down. They're coming back. Um, now, when they go to this hardware store, they stop and wait for a dog. It's the same dog that on their way back from the hardware store, they dodge and ends up killing him. Now, they dodge the dog. They go off of a bridge, a very small bridge. I'm not sure anyone would have actually died going off this bridge. But anyway, they die. They end up back in the house. They are stuck in this house. If they walk out, they end up in a kind of like a weird space-time continuum where seconds are hours. Um, but there are sandworms. And... They are stuck in the house for supposedly 125 years. Interesting. But uh, they need to get the new crew of uh, New Yorkers out of this house, which is uh, Jeffrey, uh, Jeffrey Jones, um, Catherine O'Hara, Winona Ryder, that group with Otho um, by their side. Um, so there's that right there. Now, we also have a quick appearance in this movie by Robert Goulet, who um, is in it for just a little while but he plays Maxie Dean. Um, and at the end of the movie, there's a, when Beetlejuice is getting married to Winona Ryder's character, uh, L Lydia, there's a little priest 
at the end, a kind of a, a ghoul, if you will. That is Tony Cox. Uh, Tony Cox has been in Spaceball, all the Bad Santa movies, um, epic movie. He was in Me, Myself, and Irene. You know who this guy is. He was in Oz the Great and Powerful as Nuck. Been in a ton of movies, but that was him. I thought I'd really quickly mention him. And there's another part in this movie with a very, very, very small role of... um, There's a dumb football player in one scene who says, Coach, I don't think we survived the crash. That is Dwayne Davis. Dwayne Davis played Alvin Mack in uh, the program. Uh, We talked about him in that movie. Um, We also talked about him in The Great White Hype. He was the dancing security guard. And... um, what other movie do we talk about him in? He's been in a bunch of stuff, but um, definitely mostly known for Alvin Mack in the program. Um, so there you go. He's really quickly in this movie, one line, and that's it. So there's those two guys. And um, <clears throat> all right, let's go ahead and get on with some of this here. Let's go ahead and get to, here you go. Let's get to a little bit of the reception of this movie, kind of how it was brought out by, you know, critics and all that stuff. Now, this movie came out in March 1988. The opening weekend, it made $8 million, which was not bad. The film eventually ended up grossing $73,707,461 just in North America. It was definitely a financial uh, success. It was only a $15 million budget, and it was actually the 10th highest grossing film of 1988. Now, surprisingly, filmmakers and critics, film critics really did actually like this movie. Um, It was kind of like a really good approval rate. They were kind of easy on this movie. I think Tim Burton was expecting a little little more of a a lambasting of it, but ended up getting a a B on a a grade scale of A to F. Um, Get a little drink here. People were calling it comedy classics. saying that it was, you know, really good. Of course, there was a few people who, you know, no creativity, um, a farce for our time, uh, wish Keaton had more screen time, but mostly it came out pretty good with the uh, with all the praise it got. Now, this movie actually received some awards. Now, there's some funny awards here. Um, at the 61st Academy Awards, Beetlejuice won the Academy Award, the Oscar for Best Makeup. So that was Steve Laporte, V. Neal, and a Robert Short. And the British Academy of Film and Television Arts actually nominated this film for Best Visual Effects and Makeup at the 42nd British Academy Film Awards. Beetlejuice won Best Horror Film and Makeup at the 1988 Saturn Awards. Um, and the film also received nominations for uh, Director, Tim Burton, Best Director, for Writing, Best Supporting Actor, um, but that was it. But they also showed up 88th in America's Film Institute's list of best comedies. So this movie has had a award for best horror and also for best comedy. That's crazy. That's very strange to think about if you if you think about that. Now, as sequels go, we do know there were there was talks of a sequel. The one sequel was. Uh, Oh, boy. In 1990, Timothy Burton hired Jonathan Gems to write a sequel. He wanted it titled Beetlejuice Goes Hawaiian. Tim thought it would be hilarious to match a surfing backdrop of a crazy Beetlejuice. Gems, the uh, guy he hired to write, said the story was going to follow the Dietz family. They were going to move to Hawaii, where Charles 
is developing a new resort. They discover it's on a burial grounds of ancient Hawaii, a kahuna, and the spirit comes back after to, from the afterlife. Beetlejuice becomes the hero, becomes a hero by winning a surfing contest. Now, Keaton and Winona Ryder agreed to do the film, <laughs> but only if Tim Burton directed. Um, luckily, Tim Burton became distracted with Batman Returns, and we never got it, or Keaton did, and we never got that movie. 1991, there was another one they were thinking about doing. That whole Hawaiian thing sounds like a, a, a fucking episode of Brady Bunch to me. Um, they tried to do one in 91, uh, but it didn't work. Daniel Waters was trying to do it, but ended up working on Heather's Burton tried again in 1996 but superman um he actually approached kevin smith at one point in 1996 to rewrite it smith turned it down um in favor of superman lives and uh, he said he maybe he should have done it but you never know um but luckily a lot of those never got made now february of this year a sequel was once again announced this time pronounced uh, produced by plan b entertainment and warner brothers Keaton and Winona Ryder have both agreed to reprise their roles in this movie, so I guess we'll have to see what happens. Hopefully this does go. I wouldn't mind seeing another one of these, but I guess we can see what's going on with it. But uh, even in 2013, there was another hint at a return. Uh, Winona Ryder had hinted at it, but no. Actually never ended up happening, and I think, thank God, it really Never ended up happening, but this game sparked video games and and even a musical that in 2016 took off and, you know, just actually stopped in uh, only as of April 8th, 2022. So, all right. So let's, uh, yeah, let's get to some of these clips of the movie again that'll take us through um, a few things. Now, the first clip ends up having... um, I think it's actually right here where I'm going to do it now. The TV commercial that we're going to hear in a minute. Again, they the, the family is passed. They're up in the house. They keep, the, 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 the Deeds family moves in. They keep seeing ghosts. Now, Lydia can see the ghosts. She's the only person that can see these ghosts of, um, of Adam and Barbara. So, or, yeah, Adam and Barbara. Um, now, again, I said before that Adam says his name wrong, Beetle, Geist, Beetle, Goose, Beetle, Beetle, Goosey. But anyway, the he does a commercial to get him to say his name correctly. Now, this commercial, there's two things about this commercial. First thing is, uh, the mo- if you look at where the commercial is being shot, it's in the model. Long before he's revealed being in the model, he's in the model. No one knows it yet. This commercial is actually a spoof of Cal Worthington. This was a car dealer known for a series of late-night TV commercials um, on the West Coast featuring My Dog Spot, which was never a dog, but usually an exotic animal instead. Now, at the time of the film's release, uh, Worthington was just... It was revealed that he made $316.8 million that year, making him the largest single owner of a car dealership chain. So they were making fun of the way this guy did the commercials. And, um, I mean, here you go. Let's, uh, without further ado, let's go ahead and play this scene. You're tired of having your homes bathed by a You want to get rid of them pesky living critters once and for all? 
to see me, folks, because I'm the Appalachian leading bioelectricist. Yes, there is. Come on down here, and I want to tell you, I'll do anything. I'll scare them real bad. The point is, folks, I'm going to do anything to get your business. Hell, I'll possess myself if I gotta. Whoa! Yo, I got demons running all through me. All through me. Come on down here and see it. Hey, hey, Jack, now, you get a free demon possession with every exorcism. Ah, you can't beat that, can you? Now, bring a little parts down here. Hell, we got plenty of snakes and lizards for them to play with. There's no problem with that at all. So, see it once. Say it twice, third time the charm, and remember, I'll eat anything you want me to eat. I'll swallow anything you want me to swallow. So come on down out. Chew on a dog. Oh! Now, at this point, Lydia was trying to get in. She had the key from Jane. Now, Jane is the real estate agent in this movie. She shows up like two or three times in the movie. Now, if you notice in this movie... Every time she's seen with her daughter, they are dressed exactly alike. In every scene they are in, they are dressed exactly alike. So keep an eye out for that. But um, that was it there. Now, as we go through the scene, they do go and they meet with um, their caseworker, Juno. And they're in this little um, kind of waiting room. And uh, everyone's in there, and it shows how a lot of them died. You see a guy with a chicken bone stuck in his neck. You see a guy who burnt up smoking. You see a uh, a guy who was killed by a head shrinker. Um, so anyway, this is the little waiting room scene that uh, Adam and Barbara are in. And um, But a little under two minutes. Here we go. You want a cigarette? Oh, no. I'm trying to cut down myself. Is this what happens when you die? This is what happens when you die. That is what happens when he dies. And that is what happens when they die. It's all very personal. And I'll tell you something. If I knew then what I know now, I wouldn't have had my little accident. Maitland, party at two. Take the handbook and go to the sixth door. Oh, we forgot our handbook. <laughs> Come on. So real quick, I want to get into something before we uh, we get a little too far in this scene. Now, there's a, a, a comment made by Otho in um, one of the scenes in this movie. Actually, it's right before the Deo scene where they where the shrimp grab him. Um, at the dinner party, Otho states that people who commit suicide, yeah, he said. I think he, he says, you know what happens to people who commit suicide? They end up as civil servants in the afterlife. Well. If you look at the film and watch the film, it's kind of expanded on. Um, there's civil servant ghosts that uh, Adam and Barbara meet. Uh, basically, they do appear to have ended their own lives. The receptionist literally just said she committed suicide. She held up her wrists and there were slices on them. There's a man who hanged himself just fl- swinging back and forth. Uh, the crushed messenger, has he implies he threw himself under a bus. Uh, Juno has... Uh, Looks like she cut her own throat, which we don't really know. And um, Beetlejuice is said to have been Juno's assistant. So you could almost say that he hanged himself. And a lot of people believe that it was due to heartbreak when, if you hear him talk, um, this was cut out of the film, but it is hinted to a little more um when Beetlejuice is so surprised that Lydia wanted to die after she wrote the notes. Um, 
And actually, speaking of that little note that she wrote, you know, about when before she was about to commit suicide, the original ending for this movie was actually darker where she did die in a fire and did join Adam and Barbara in the afterlife. They obviously changed it to a happy ending. Um, but um, all right. So I guess what we can do, though, is get back into that movie a little bit or back into this scene. And again, they're walking through. But I wanted to bring up the thing of the uh, thing that he said, because it's, in, it's kind of in this scene. It's hinted a little bit. And here we go. Bibles report to waiting room number eight. Flight 409 is arriving at gate three. How do I look? There are no mirrors on this side. Fine. Look fine. Yeah? Fine. Thanks. I've been feeling a little flat. <laughs> <laughs> Will the Peterson party report to door number nine? Peterson party, please report to door number nine. All new arrivals report to door number All right, so there we go with that. Um, so yeah, there we go. Like I said, I, I guess I didn't really need to play any more of that, but uh, did want to bring that up. That the because that was kind of one of the things, you know, just kind of a weird thing in this movie. But, um, yeah, Otho brought that up. There's a lot of little details in this movie, if you watch, that are pretty, pretty, pretty cool. But, um, again, we've got Lydia. Uh, this movie's pretty much more focused on Lydia and the family than anything else, but mostly on Lydia, Adam, and Barbara. So they're going, and, you know, Lydia really... Is starts taking pictures of him, which, by the way, this is the fastest developing Polaroid camera I've ever seen. Um, she thinks it's her parents doing weird sex stuff, but it turns out it's actually the ghosts, and she's not even scared. Let's go ahead and play this clip uh, real quick. Sick. Oh, I forgot to tell you, they dressed up in sheets. I don't know why I forgot to mention this. In order to try to scare everybody, they dressed up in sheets. They actually stole designer sheets, so um, that's it. But again, Lydia's taking pictures. She thinks it's her parents, and it's not. You guys are going to do that weird sexual stuff. Do it in your own bedroom. Are you the guys hiding out in the attic? We're ghosts. What do you look like under there? Aren't you scared? I'm not scared of sheets. Are you gross under there? Are you Night of the Living Dead under there? Like all bloody veins and pus? Night of the what? Living Dead, it's a movie. You know, if I had seen a ghost at your age, I would have been scared out of my wits. You're not gross. Why are you wearing sheets? We're practicing. You can see us without the sheets. Well, how is it that you see us and nobody else can? Well, I read through that hand recently deceased. It says, live people are the strain usual. I myself am strain. You look like a regular girl to me. You read our book. Yeah. You could follow it. Yeah, why were you guys creeping around in Delia's bedroom? We were trying to scare your mother. Stepmother. Anyway, you can't scare her. She sleeps in Valium tonight. You did this? You carved all these little houses? Mm-hmm. Now, Prince Valium, I don't know if anyone uh, caught that little line there. I mentioned Spaceballs earlier. Prince Valium is actually, obviously, the guy, the prince in Spaceballs that um, Tracy Gold was about to marry. So I think that's her name. So there you go. That's uh, just a little thing right there, a little tribute to space balls right there and this used to be your house why do you want to scare everybody well we wanted to frighten you so you would move out <sighs> you don't know the deets is very well my father bought this place he never walks away from equity why don't you leave we can't we haven't left the house since the funeral god 
You guys really are dead. This is amazing. I better go. Wait, you know, I don't think it's a very good idea to tell your parents that we're up here. Not unless you think it'll frighten them away. You tell them that we are horrible, desperate, ghoulish creatures who will stop at nothing to get our house back. What if this is a dream? Can you guys do any tricks to prove I'm not dreaming? Well, if you are real ghosts, you guys better get another routine because those sheets, they don't work. Yeah, they didn't work too well. And they just didn't. So finally, they realize they do need help. And they do end up uh, using Mr. Beetlejuice. And they do finally go over and they do finally say his name. And they do go down there. And this is, really, this is the first time you actually see the character. Now, we see his arms at one point. We hear him a couple of times. But we don't actually see this character, Beetlejuice, pretty much until right now. Besides the commercial, until right now. And this is where the Adam and Barbara go down. They meet Beetlejuice for the first time. You know what's really beautiful about this? You two kids picked me. You didn't have to, but you picked me. It makes me want to kiss you guys. Come on. Come no. On. Yeah, you are. Ah, you're you're hard. Hard. Ah. All right. Let's get down to this. Right. I got a card around here somewhere. Here. Here. Who do I have to kill? Here, hold that for me, would you? Whoa. Oh, there, you there you go. You don't have to kill anybody. Ah, possession. Good. Learn to throw your voice. Fool your friends. Fun and party. <gasps> No, we just want to get some people out of our house. Ah, I understand, I understand. Well, look, in order to do that, I'm really going to have to get to know you guys. You know, we got to get closer. Move in with you for a while. Get to be real pals. You know what I'm saying? And... Save that guy for later. My wife and I would like to ask you a couple of questions. Sure, 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 sure. Go ahead, shoot. Well, for instance, uh, what are your qualifications? Ah, well, I... By the way, this will be the uh, exorcist line coming up just a second here. And it truly are. I'm a graduate of the Harvard Business School. I travel quite extensively. I lived through the Black Plague, and I had a pretty good time during that. I've seen The Exorcist about 167 times, and it keeps getting funnier every single time I see it! Not to mention the fact that you're talking to a dead guy! Now, what do you think? You think I'm qualified? What I mean is, can you be scary? Oh! Oh, I didn't know you were asking me. Can I be scary? <laughs> what do you think of this? <laughs> you like it? Okay, now, we don't get to see that. In the original score, in the original, we do, but you're, they changed it when the movie came out. Obviously, they were trying to make this movie a little more kid-friendly. It was PG-13. And by the way, the, one of the reasons I mentioned Spaceballs is because this actually is one of the few movies, Spaceballs, Big, Caddyshack, and this movie were kind of notable for using the F-word in a film during when it was rated PG-13. So that's kind of one of the reason I mentioned Spaceballs. But uh, all right, let's get back to that scene. There's only a couple, about, about a minute left. Excuse us, please. Sure, talk amongst yourself. Adam, let's go. No, I know, Barbara, honey, but I think he could be of some no, use. No, no, let's need to work something out of ourselves. We just have to talk. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Excuse me. What? Excuse me. We are leaving now. Oh, wait. Oh, come on. Don't go yet. Hey, guy, come on. We're simpatico here. Look at us. Huh? We even shop at the same store. Hey, hermano. Yeah, there you go. Hey, come on. We're like peas in a pod, the three of us. Let's face it. You want somebody out of the house. I want to get somebody out of your house. Come on. Look, we've been to Saturn. Hey, I've been to Saturn. Whoa, sandworms. You hate them, right? I hate them myself. Come on, kids. What do I have to do to strike a deal with you two, huh? Don't you hate it when that happens? Let's go, Barbara. Wait, wait, wait. 
Come on, just come on for a while. We're talking inside. Come on, come on. I'm not staying here. Another minute. Don't pay attention to it. Adam, we have to get out of here. I agree, but I'll fix something to eat. Ho, ho, ho! Remember, how did you do that? Hope you like Italian. Where'd you go? Hey, come on. Hey, where'd you go? Oh, hey, come on. You gotta work with me here. I'm just trying to cut a deal. What do you want me to do? Where are you? You bunch of losers! You're working with a professional here! Nice fucking model! So there was the F word right there. <laughs> that was it. That was it right there. Now, that, that was, again, a funny little part in the movie but um there's now during that graveyard scene when beetlejuice gets mad and kicks the tree there was the tree wasn't supposed to fall but on that take it fell and he ad-libbed that line nice fucking model honk honk it was actually the the, to the designer that screwed up the 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 set so burton loved it so much he left it in but that whole that thing right there was a complete blooper that was him fucking with the designer Go a nice fucking model, asshole. He grabbed his balls twice. Went, burp, burp. Again, we know he ad-libbed a lot of the lines for this movie. So, um, always good. Good to see right there. But, uh, now I did mention there was the, uh, in one scene, there was the magician's assistant who was cut in half. Uh, that's actually uh, Tim Burton's girlfriend there in the waiting room. Or was at the time. Um, so... There you go with that one right there. But uh, all right, let's keep going. We got a few more. And then I've only got a couple more things to mention. And um, believe it or not, this uh, not a lot of time again. And I didn't feel that it was uh, worth it to go through and go clip by clip. Again, you've seen, we've seen this movie so many. I mean, if you haven't seen this movie by now, you don't need to see it. You don't want to see it. You're not going to see it. So this is just fine doing it this way. But uh, let's go ahead up here. And um, play another clip. This is the snake clip. I don't know how this is going to come off on audio, but it's a not that long of a clip. But Beetlejuice, at one point, they're trying to scare out uh, the Dietzes, and they do the whole Deo scene. And they think they're going to run out scared. They don't. They actually want them to come down and like join them at dinner. So this is after that. Beetlejuice decides he's going to get involved. Oh, boy! You guys are really a couple of spooksters, aren't you? <laughs> Let's turn on the juice and see what shakes loose. Both of them, you get Maxie on the phone right away. We really got something here. We can turn this place into the world's leading supernatural research center. An amusement park. I'll make the presentation. Lydia will bring the ghosts. I can't bring the ghosts, Dad. Not Although, can't you do something? Perhaps, if I'm properly motivated. What motivation do you require,
they do end up stopping him. And basically, this is where Lydia kind of is like, well, think, why are you doing this? What are you doing? What are you doing? Um, but um, they do go back one more time and see their caseworker, Juno. And I think this is where you see the football player, Dwayne Davis. Um, I think this is where he's he's in this scene. But um, we only got four four scenes left, folks. And then we're uh, a couple more little tidbits and we are good to go. So, all right, a little more Beetlejuice here. This is uh, one more time they go back and they're talking to Juno, their caseworker, and she tells them about not trusting the living. You bunch of losers! How dare you hear the professional while he's working? I'm not fond of Charles Dietz particularly, but you could have killed hey, him. Hey, I'm just doing my job because I thought we had a deal. Hey, it's okay. You know why? I don't want to do business with you deadbeats anyway. Thank you. The only one I think I can deal with. Actually, I'm wrong. This is directly after the snake scene, and they're trying to reason with him. There you go. Sorry. I apologize. Is that growling Poe's daughter? I think she understands me. You leave her alone, you... <laughs> go ahead. Make my millennium. All right, that's obviously a little spoof on the go ahead and make my day line by Clint Eastwood and Dirty Harry. I don't think I needed to explain that. <laughs> yeah, I'm feeling a little uh, anxious, if you know what I mean. Hundred years after all. I wonder where a guy, an everyday Joe myself, could find a little action. Hi. Yeah. So just out of nowhere in the middle of the model, there's a, a whorehouse. So there it is. And we keep going. Adam, why did you build that? I didn't. Now they go to TV. Will you guys shut up and leave me alone? I've got all this paperwork to do. You two, come in here. Sit down. Get in here, both of you. The whorehouse was my idea. I want Beetlejuice out of the picture. I can believe you two have really screwed up. I received word that you allowed yourself to be photographed, and you let Beetlejuice out and didn't put him back. And you let Otho get hold of the handbook. A handbook when? Never trust the living. We cannot have a routine haunting like yours provide proof that there is existence beyond death. Coach. Coach, where's the men's room? Yeah. I'm not your coach. He survived. By the way, coach, let me get something straight. What's our curfew around here? Will you get out of here? Go on, get downstairs. Men's room. Are you kidding? It's a great time. All right, now, in this, in this scene, if you look in the background, there's also another little tidbit in this movie. There's, It's almost like they're in a movie theater back behind the uh, Adam and Barbara and you see there's ghosts of skeletons and living, both watching whatever they're watching. It's almost like the living and the dead can 
coexist together in places. It's kind of actually a creepy little picture if you really pause it and look at it. You got a guy in sunglasses. It almost looks like the guy from Gangnam Style, who is Psy, almost looks like him. Um, and there's a, a few skeletons and almost some little baby dolls that are up in there. But it's just a little, another little notable scene that I thought I would pick out for you. Okay, so that's that right there. Now, finally, what happens is they 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 bring Maxie Dean up there again, Robert Goulet and his wife, and they're going up and they're going to try to get these ghosts. And Otho actually ends up stealing their handbook for the recently deceased, and he goes and he um, he actually starts. It's basically an exorcism, is what he's doing. He's exercising the ghosts, and there's a scene in the beginning when they're actually walking to in uh, more in the beginning of the movie when Adam and Barbara are first walking in to see Juno and they see this room of lost souls. Well, if you look at the one ghost of lost souls that stops by them, it is exactly what their face looks like right now. It was kind of foreshadowing a little bit of the movie. Um, but Beetlejuice, uh, now before that a little bit, we're going to go a little bit. This is where Lydia actually meets Beetlejuice. This is right after, I believe this might be right after she writes the note or right before. Let me see. Are you it is too? right when she meets Beetlejuice. All right, so I'm going to rewind a little bit and let's do this. Okay, that part is very low. Let's try this one more time. Are you a ghost too? I'm the ghost with us, babe. You know, you look like somebody I can relate to. Maybe you could, maybe you could help me get out of here, you know, because I got to tell you, this, uh, this death thing is it's just too creepy. See, here's my problem. I got these friends on the outside that I said I'd meet, you know, and that's the kind of thing I have to be there in person, you know. So I was just wondering, could you help me get out of here? Why? Well, well, you know, hey, you probably got your reasons, uh, but the thing is, I can't do anything from over here. If you could get me out over there, then maybe we could talk or something. But, you know, in order to do that, you got to say my name three times. What's your name? Well, why not? You know why? Because if I tell you, your friends, your friends are calling me on the horn all the time. I got to show up in shopping centers for openings and sign autographs and shit like that. And that makes my life a hell. Okay. A living hell. But, you know, I, I, I always thought that line there was a little weird. A living hell. Well, he's not living. I always thought it was a weird thing to say. And I'm just kind of surprised it never kind of got caught. But he says a living hell. He's not living. So weird. Maybe, do you have a pen? Maybe we can, oh, I know, you have to play charades. Yeah. Ah, good, good. Ah, uh, here we go then, ready? Um, two words. Right. Ah. Uh, first word, two syllables. You know, just turn, no. I don't know what your signal means. Turn around and look behind you. Hi, how are you? <laughs> a beetle. God, okay. Now, two, take one. Uh, Breakfast, orange, orange beetle, uh, beetle fruit, beetle breakfast, uh, beetle drink, uh, beetle, uh, uh, beetle juice. Yes, that's it. Name's Beetlejuice. Ah, you said it twice. Just say it once more. Come on. It was you, wasn't it? <laughs> Me. The snake. No, oh, what snake, you kids, in your imagination? Just say it. I want to talk to Barbara. No, you don't need the Barbara. Just say it. All right, so there you go. So 
again, I went a little bit ahead of myself. Now is the part where after all that I had said, um, so there you go, she meets him. And basically this is the point where Barbara and Adam come back and they're like, we decided we're going to go ahead and let you guys live with us, blah, blah. <coughs> but they just don't want to do any party tricks or stuff. So Otho gets a hold of the book. He starts doing the exorcism. And basically this is where, once again, she calls out Beetlejuice. He comes out and tries to help. Um, and he does a little bit, but here we go. Bring a few parts here. Oh, help them, please. Sure, I can help. You gotta help me. What? Look, I want you might call an illegal alien, okay? I want out for good. In order for me to do that, hey, I gotta get married. Hey, these aren't my rules. Come to think of it, I don't have any rules. Come on, come on. Look, you think of it as a marriage of inconvenience, okay? We both get something, I get out. You get to say you're hitched to the most eligible bachelor since Valentino came over. We're even, babe. So the Valentino line. All right, we can do that one real quick. Now, Beetlejuice says he's the most eligible bachelor since Valentino came over. Um, he's referring to Rudy Valentino, the Italian actor of Hollywood cinema from the 1920s, was nicknamed the Latin lover. And considered a heartthrob. He actually died in 1926. So that is who he was referencing in that right there as we continue. Okay, just help them. Beetlejuice. 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 It's showtime. Yep. Thank you. Hey, it's Sting So he comes up like a carnival act almost, like a, like a you know, he, that's basically what he's doing. It's like a circus act. But there's one thing to notice in this scene. Number one, he's got the striped suit on like he's a, you know, like he's in a penitentiary or something. But he has bat wings on the sides of his head. He is a bat. So even in this movie, he was Batman. Well, I'm back. I feel real good about myself. You know what I mean? So, well, not further delay. Welcome to Winter River, museum of natural green, a monument to the board business man. Come on a little closer. Step right up, test your strength. Bye bye, Robert Gula. Thank you. Thank you. Woo. That is why I won't do two shows a night anymore, babe. I won't. I won't do. Well, what do we got here tonight, kids? Ooh, uh, well, we got the, uh, the Maitlands. Uh, I think uh, they've had enough exercise for a night. So, in there, obviously. Not so fast, brown boy. We're gonna have some laughs. 
So Othos tries to run, and he puts him in a powder blue leisure suit. And Otho's reaction is... <laughs> and he runs. So there you go right there. That was his reaction. He runs. So we got one more done. Now, we're going to get to the last little scene here. Basically, this is where we see um, Beetlejuice try to marry Lydia. And again, we mentioned Tony Cox is in this scene. But um, another little thing in this movie is um, Lydia is dressed in bright red. And the old rhyme about wedding dress colors, if you're married in red, you're better off dead. So there you go with that right there. Now, this whole scene at the end here was actually added post-production. Doesn't really give a reason why, but it was all added post-production. So there you go right there. Um, And the last thing I'll uh, I'll mention before we... uh, Get out of here and play the last clip is uh, this was the first DVD sent out by Netflix when they came out in 1998. The first DVD they sent out was the Beetlejuice DVD. So um, I think that's really all we've got. So that's all for all the tidbits of this. And I'm going to play the last scene where they're getting married. And that's pretty much the end of the movie. And uh, we can roll on from there. Do you Nobody says the B word. Come on. Do you take this woman to be your wedded wife? Jeez, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of a big decision, isn't it? I mean, I always said if I ever did it, I was going to do it once, and that was it. Sure, yeah. Go ahead. And you, do you, Lydia, take this man to be your wife? She's a little bit nervous. Uh, maybe I should answer for her, okay. <laughs> I'm Lydia Dietz and I'm of sound mind. The man next to me is the one I want. You ask me, I'm answering. Yes, I love that man of mine. Beetle! Come on, come on. Took his teeth right there. His teeth had to Beetle, just... wonder why she didn't just say that much faster like it took him a minute to do that why she didn't just go Beetlejuice, 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 like really quick why didn't she do that i don't know i guess it wouldn't have been a good movie otherwise then by the authority vested in me the ring the ring
right? So Barbara comes riding in on a sandworm. Beetlejuice is gone. Now, pretty much the movie ends up a happy ending where they all end up living together. And, uh, you know, the, the the ghosts and everybody, they're all happy in one kind, almost one family. So they, you know, and if, at the end of the movie, <coughs> Lydia comes in after school and, um, you know, she tells <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> she got an A on a math test and they lift her up in the air. And I believe she's singing the... Banana Boat song, I believe, is the Harry Belafonte song she's singing. Um, I forget the actual name of the song, but that's close enough. But um, pretty much, folks, that's about all I've got for Beetlejuice. Um, Again, I didn't need to go through clip by clip, scene by scene. Not the kind of movie we needed to do that with. But I thought I would do that. I I really, I've always loved this movie. It's a great little movie. I thought I'd dish out a few facts on it for you guys. And once again, happy Halloween. Hope everybody stays safe. And um, I think that's about all we need to do, folks. Once again, I am David Richardson. This is Hollywood Hangout. I'll probably be back next week on YouTube. Maybe. I might just keep doing it this way. But um, we will see. But uh, everybody, thanks again for listening. Thanks for joining. And uh, that's it. Beetlejuice was a great movie, a fun movie. If you haven't seen it, I hope this made you want to see it. And uh, that's it, folks. See ya!